Welcome to On the Edge with April Mahoney Brains. Here, this is the spot where the conversations are pointed, the guests are sharp, and the responses are never dull. Did you bring your thinking caps? Because it's time to put them on. Because the conversation starts now. Welcome to On the Edge with April Mahoney Brains right here. This is the address. This is the spot. Well, the conversation is appointed. The guests are sharp and the responses are never dull. Today, we have Yushmi. Bos- One more time. Bos- Bos- Dosaja with a D. Dosaja. There we go. Yushmi Dosaja. I'm trying to work on it now. Y'all know I grew up dyslexic, so I'll be trying to hear it and repeat it, but that does not mitigate the heart and the uh, compassion that I feel for each one of my guests as they step onto the platform here. She and I have a great synergy. We are both poets, and she is a published author. We're going to talk a little bit about that. Uh, And also, she's a coach. What does that word coach mean? It's a big $25 word. You know, is that person there to support you, push you along, or boss you and try to change you? What does coaching look like in today's environment? So let's welcome her to the edge. Yushmi, hello and welcome. Hi, thank you for having me. Well, I'm so glad to have you. Uh, We're both up pretty early. Well, no, it's not early for me. It's afternoon for you. Where are you located? You're in Europe, right? That's right. Yeah, I'm just outside Berlin in Germany. So it's half past four around-ish. What is it like living in Germany? I hear it's pretty hip, uh, you know, in Berlin and all that. I've never been to that part of the world. Yeah, Berlin's fantastic. I think out of all the cities in Germany, at least the ones that I've been into or been to, it's the most cosmopolitan. Mm. So I feel, yeah, I feel like I fit in here. It's sort of, it's very welcoming to all kinds of people, all kinds of vibes. Um, so I think, well, no, I, I know. Yeah. Berlin is just, it's artsy. It's, it's beautiful. Well, okay. So Berlin, um, I get that. So it's a melting pot. It's like the, the Mecca of, of all is a diversity. There's a lot of diversity. Well, a lot is relative. I think if you right. compare it to the rest of the country, it's a lot, but you know, you couldn't compare it with London, for example, it's, it's right. going Right, right. So how'd you end up there in Germany? I married a German. 12. That's the easiest way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I married a German and uh, he wanted to come back. So we lived in South Africa before we came here. And he wanted to come back and I wanted to be with him. So I came back with him. Well, good. Yeah. What was it like living in South Africa? South Africa was hard for me. I found, although I'm, you know, I was born in Kenya. Um, I have a Kenyan passport. I know what it means to live in Africa. I found South Africa, you know, that was in 2003, not too far out of its own um, racial history. And I found that challenging. I found, the levels of corruption in South Africa, quite scary, the lack of security. Um, this And I say this with love, but you're fair-skinned. You're not the, the dark, kinky-haired 
assumption that people have of Africans. So, yeah. you know, you're more what we call in the United States mulatto. Um, I'm actually Indian. Oh, okay. That's my um, heritage. And we were brought to Kenya, you know, as a result of colonialism. Mm. So I'm not, yeah. Yeah. Well, that can be um, a culture shock. But you are a woman that is very layered and very textured, and you have been able to overcome and adapt and migrate and assimilate to wherever you have been. So congratulations. Um, Thank you. A lot of people, you know, wouldn't be able to do that. Yes, they, start, they start crying. <laughs> absolutely. Well, I have been, I have cried, but no, yeah. you're right. So tell us a little bit about you and how you show up in the world. How do I show up in the world? That's a fantastic question. Um, I'd say I show up in the world as me. Um, however, I am cautious of how or where I show up as me. So, um, you know, back to the whole diversity thing, being a brown girl, for example, in a predominantly white country um, that can also be racist, I have to, I need to be careful about that. Um, when you say careful, think, yeah. okay, when you say careful, because I'm a brown girl, yeah. too, uh, is that I'm going to throw out some scenarios, maybe confrontations that you get in, maybe speaking up for yourself, maybe, uh, you know, maybe standing out in a crowd and, you know, being, you know, the once over. What, what what kind of things do you have to be cautious of? I mean, people are people blatantly rude, and I don't like to use the word. I don't like to use the word racist because, in my opinion, my opinion only, everybody's got a tinge of racism. Yeah, and I get that. Absolutely. You know, you'd be disingenuous if you didn't say we're racist mm -hmm. against our own. There's colorism among our own. You know, the darker dark or the lighter light or the, the you know, the, the wavier hair versus the kinkier hair. So there is racism even inbred within us. Absolutely. So what kind of things do you, are you, you know, cautious about that you could possibly be subjected to? I think it's this sense of because I am in the minority, mm -hmm. I... You know, a simple example, going into the supermarket and doing something wrong, so not in the traditional way that a German might do it, and being told where I come from, you know, we don't do it like that. And so this, these microaggressions, um, and I tend to be quite, I use my voice, and sometimes, so when I say I show up as me, I also have to recognize there are times where I would like to use my voice, but I need to, you know, I need to, for my sanity, take a step back and Absolutely. be able to ignore and just walk ahead and say, okay, this is, this is not my thing. Um, and yeah. So How do you respond? You know, when I woke up, I turned 60 a couple months ago. And when I woke up, I had an epiphany. I said, April, you are not guaranteed another 60 years. Yeah. Absolutely. And so now what I have to do is edit and filter yeah. and be cautious. Yeah. Is there ignorance? Because what they're doing is they're trying to light a fire up under your butt. They're trying to get you engaged yeah. and then, and, you know, right. And then disrespect you publicly or film you with their phone or, 
you know, have you arrested? You know, I've seen some ugly things happen. So again, but it's hard, but you know what? Also illuminating your beauty because you know what? They're jealous. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. People lay out in the sun and look like, you know, a piece of toast when they get out, but they don't want to identify with, you know, with the darker skin. Do you have children? I do. I have one daughter. How old is she? She's six. Oh, okay. So she's still, she's still young. She's still young. She's still young. But you know what? There's a lot of beauty that you're going to be able to share with her. Your Indian culture, your app being living in Africa, being Mm -hmm. in Germany and just allowing her to be who she is. Because by the time she gets 14 or 15, these generation Y and Z, they care nothing about that conversation. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the hope, right? That that's the hope that. This conversation is to a certain degree in the intensity that it exists at the moment, for example, for me, is dying out. You know, my daughter and her generation, they have access to a new conversation. And um, I feel I feel proud that I can give that to her too, you know, from my own diversity, where I've lived, what I've seen that I can instill a new conversation that she can carry on, um, where it doesn't have to be you know, for her and the people that come after her, like it was for my grandma or for my mom. Well, and that's what I was just getting ready to say, you know, the epigenetic trauma is embedded in us and it goes from generation to generation to generation. And so what we have to do is pump the brakes on that and allow her to be who she is because it's not just colorism, you know, anymore. There's a whole different set of circumstances that these kids are going through now with this technological age. So again, we have to continue to evolve as they evolve. So speaking yeah. about involved, uh, evolving, tell me a little bit more about you. So you, uh, you've you moved to different countries and now you're settled there in Germany. What are you doing? I am, so a couple of years ago, after I had my daughter, I started writing poetry. Um, and I, you know, that took, a couple of well that took two years three years and then I published this book and then this year I had I knew I wanted to come back into coaching and I you know I'm often driven by this sort of what I call this sense of moreness inside of me it's like oh I can feel something is calling me um and so I I set myself up with a mentor who I've been working with and I've now launched the next iteration of my coaching business, which is the transformational book coaching. Um, and that's kind of where I'm at. So I'm, you know, it's a new beginning creating or not even creating, I've created, but delivering my body of work, you know, that I've been working on for the last Consciously and unconsciously for the last um, 10 years. So, wow. yeah. yeah. That's great. What do you mean by transformational coaching? Because let's get a little deep here. I just, uh, I live here in San Diego, California, and I know that you're probably aware of who Deepak Chopra is. Yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, Dr. Chopra was on KPBS mm-hmm. and he was talking about the state of consciousness. Right. Where so many people are still stuck in a mindset mentality, but they have not transformed and elevated to the next level and resonated to that point of consciousness. 
because you need to be awakened brains. You need to know what's going on. You need to spark your ingenuity. You need to be excited by innovation. You need to, to delve into your imagination for the next level of elevation and resonation into the world. Am I talking poet? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and, they, and they don't get it. You know, it's like, okay, your frontal lobe is already programmed yeah. with judgments and ideas and misconceptions, but also your practices, your fears, your safeguards, that's already done. Yeah. But the other 85% of your subconscious mind, you haven't even met yet. Absolutely. So tell us a little bit about this transformational work that you're doing. How are you trans transferring people from one pedestal to the next? The first thing I'll say is I'm not doing it. Mm. I think when I speak about transformational coaching, a lot of that has to do with the space that is being created. So my belief when it comes to coaching, first I'll make the distinction between transformational coaching and transactional coaching. Now, transactional coaching is just that mind place that you were talking about. So we're setting goals, we're, you know, we're living from what we already know, we're doing what society sort of expects us to, which we haven't really questioned. Transformational for me is working with energy. And it's really about creating a space where the energy between you and I or me and my coachee and then the energy of transformation is all coming in to this space and informing the conversation. It's informing what wants to happen. It's informing how that, you know, the new actions that person can take. So for me, that's coming from an elevated state of being rather than just a... I'm in the matrix and in a very 3D reality. Right. right. I'm in the vortex. I'm trying to get through the hole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I've gained weight and I'm stuck. I can't get there. So what do you say to the person that's stuck? I don't think we're stuck. I don't think, I think the mind can get stuck in a loop. But I think if we're able, you know, there is a story going on that we've latched onto that we believe we're stuck. But if we can pull out of that story, and I think that's what a good coach does, it, it helps you identify what is that story and then helps you pull out of that story. And I think when we can pull out of that story, that's when we start seeing, oh, wow, there's this possibility. There's that possibility. I'm walking in the unknown. I can create anything. I'm mega, you know, I am meta. And it's just. That's, that's it's, it. It's about being the meta human. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it, exactly. Exactly. And we that. may not, you know, again, we may not actually see it in this current meat suit that we're in, but yeah. energy and matter never destroy. They just transform. Absolutely. You know, so uh, it's, it's deep brains. And so when we talk about transformation, we're not trying to turn you into a frog. <laughs> <laughs> We're trying, exactly. We're trying to give you wings so that you can fly. It is not in contradiction to what your religious doctrine is. It's just another set of great gifts and tools that you will need. It's like a car. You know, it, you have a car, but it does you no good if you don't have brakes and tires. There's things that you have to put in place 
to keep this motor running, to keep it churning? Who motivates you? Um, at the moment, my daughter, and I know that sounds incredibly cliche, but I separated from her father a couple of years ago. And one of the things that I want her to know is that it's absolutely possible for a woman to not necessarily be in a relationship and still be successful. Um, that for me is huge. I come from a culture where women traditionally have been dependent on their men. And that's not a bad thing, but I want her to know that there's other possibilities. It doesn't have to be the only way. So she motivates me. She, you know, when I think, when I look at the, the business that I'm creating now as well, it's, there's a lot of having her in the forefront when I'm making decisions, when I'm not showing up and thinking, okay, how's this for being a role model? And yeah, she's huge for me at the moment. So what are you pouring into her, into her young mind? I know, you know, again, the conversation is very superficial because you're just trying to lay the groundwork. Yeah. But she looks at you and yeah. her father is German, white German, correct? German, yeah. Is she more fair skinned? Very. She presents as white. Yeah. Okay. So here we go. You know, <laughs> do people look at her sometime and think you're the nanny? I mean, it, 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 it happens. That is, I know. Happened. I went with my friend to China and I rock a big afro, right? And he thought I was going to carry the bags. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's, <laughs> just, it's just an assumption. Mm -hmm. But, you know, for her to be careful, I mean, for her to be, to, to be confronted with that, mm -hmm. it's very confusing because your mommy, no matter what, I mean, you could be, you know, green with two antennas and you're still mommy. Yeah. But then when she goes with daddy, in that world, it's a it's a totally different, uh, not conversation, but a way of being received. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, and so to have that very fundamental conversation with her, how do you calm her? I think initially it was about, I started, I've actually written a poem about this. I don't have it here, but I started recognizing that she started recognizing my skin. Like it hadn't been a thing. And then suddenly she was like, whoa, mommy, how come you're, you're darker than me? Um, and so the initial conversation was explaining biology, really. And this is, this is how it works. Um, and then I've had to, and it's something ongoing. It, it's, you know, going through culture, talking about race, talking, talking about all, it's so multi, it's not a single sentence. It's a multi-layered, ongoing exploration. conversation, absolutely. Yeah. And that's what people say. It's like the sex talk. They think they yeah. have it one time and it's over. This is a dialogue. Yeah. And, a dialogue. and it's a dialogue between us where, you know, it's I don't have the answers. I have a little bit of knowledge and my experience and what I can tell her. But there's also the need and the desire for us both to be curious and go, okay, how is this affecting you? What does this mean? You know, what does this mean for your friends? What does, how does she feel when I'm around? And so it's this, it really is this constant movement between us. And does she have an opportunity to visit, you know, um, your parents in India or? In Kenya. So we all live in oh, Kenya. Kenya. I'm sorry, in Kenya. Yeah, that's no problem. Um, we haven't been since the pandemic, but before that she was, you know, we were there every second year. 
and we plan to go back next year. But she's in, you know, she's in touch with my mom. With Well, I mean, you're good. And it will become second nature to her. And she will realize the beauty and the richness that she has of her heritage and, and how she's just, you know, a part of a big melting pot of this thing called the world. And it can just really be the best thing. And I'm unique and I'm beautiful and I'm special. And, you know, when I get in the sun, I do have the melanin in my skin. I will be brown too. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So let's take it to the next level. You are a poet and you know it. How did you, how did poetry find you? Let me ask you that. I was tired. It was around, it was 2018. And I, you know, my daughter was two. I was in that early mom stage. I was frustrated. I had on the one side, this ambition to move my coaching business forward. And on the other hand, being a mom, not having support. And I was tired and I wrote down a question. And the question, it was one of those existential ones. And it was like, who are you in your wonder? And I sat with that inquiry in my meditation. And then over two years, this like poems just kept coming through me. Mm. Um, and so that, you know, for me, it's been a hugely spiritual journey, the whole poet, the writing um, of poetry and feeling, you know, we were talking about energy, you know, feeling the energy of what wanted to be written through me. And so that's how, that's how I got into poetry. There was nothing academic or, you know, I never had this desire to be a poet. I'd always had a desire to write a book, um, but poetry was... Yeah, it was something that just arrived in my lap and, and um, yeah. Well, can we cuddle up in your lap and you read to us? We want to hear a little bit about the book and you're going to get, read us an excerpt. Yeah, I can do that. So the book is called, I'm not sure if you can see that. Let's see, Bloom. pull it back. Uh, yep, there it is. Okay, perfect. Bloom in Your Own Time, a collection of poetry for the emerging woman. Um, and I was tuning in before we started to see which poem okay. I would read. So I'm just going to, it's called Become Luminous, You Must. Get to know how wondrous you are. Please, astound yourself. Freak out. Think you're a little crazy. Be big. Allow yourself to expand. A diminished being has helped no one, ever. Take every thought that doesn't serve you away or choose let them stay but always come back to your wonder because that's the game you were meant to play brag a bit it's okay even safe the world can handle you your bigness it's only you needs to learn to get out of your own way shine my darling collapse stars if need be bring forth new reality but above all trust the most you can do is become luminous you must um, that's heavy and I totally I totally understand and I get what you're saying so you know we do the hand claps and finger snaps here do you have speakeasies there uh in Germany we do um we spoke about this already I'm still looking for one in English yeah oh that's right that's right we did talk about it in the green room um because your voice and your voice inflection is so powerful have you done your poems audibly um I have but not as a book. And I think that might be one of the next projects. 
just as an experience. You don't have to do the full on book, but just, you know, because it's gravitating. I'm going to read a poem because I'm a poem too. Okay. Yeah. And I like yeah. to do these little bookmarks. So this one's called Bedtime. Unwind between these flannel sheets. Surprise. A chocolate peppermint treat laid on my pillow, warms my mouth. Oh, how sweet. He's asleep. I grab my book, lay down to retreat. A special place, quiet and unique. At my peak, I'm captivated by every word the author speaks. I'm at the end. I feel complete. I turn to close my eyes, sweet slumber, warmed by body heat. Rub my back, rock me to sleep. Oh, beautiful. I love that. I just Isn't love poetry it. amazing. Poetry is amazing. And there's so many different types. There's rhyming, there's haiku, there's, you know, almost short stories. But what it is, is the interpretation of maybe not even so much the poet, but the people that receive it, because don't you go places or you read and people get a different meaning and you're going, wow, I didn't think that I had included that in this message. Yeah, yeah. I just had an experience this week. Um, a girl wrote to me that I know and she said she'd been guided to buy my book and we hey. just met each other. And um, she was holding a writing session and she'd been guided to, to buy my book and she opened the page and the poem that she landed on was the one that she felt that she was gonna use in this writing session. And I heard her today speak the poem out and provide her interpretation. And I was thinking, wow, okay, when I wrote that, that was a personal journey for me. I was speaking about you know what had gone on in my own life and then hearing someone else read it and then provide their understanding through their filter. Um, it's just, it's incredible. It's, but again, for me, poetry isn't the words, it's the energy, it's, it's what lives behind those words before we go into the whole meaning making. Absolutely. Meaning. Yeah, yeah. And I like how you say that, meaning making, because you are basing upon your life experience, your interpretation, your feelings, your emotions, our prejudice, our judgment, but we are, you know, we are a part of that. Yeah. So what would you tell a woman that's in a quandary right now? She just, she's just ready to throw up her hands. You know, I am in a relationship that is not serving me. Mm -hmm. uh, I am a single parent. Um, for the most part, I feel lost. I don't feel like I'm, I'm worthy. You know, I'm not good enough, but I want to transform. I want to get out. I want to break out of this turtle shell. What do you say to her? I'd ask her firstly to go and buy my book. because <laughs> Perfect. But I would say that she's, you know, from the sounds of it, it sounds like something new is wanting to emerge from her, from her own being, um, that she's evolving, that all of those endings the relationship and all of that is you know those aren't bad things they're things that no longer serve and it's time to step into whatever is calling her next and you know it would be to do that inquiry what is calling you what do you want what do you really really want not just on the surface like what is it in you that you want and go from there yeah so many people don't know what they want no they but we're not oh, 
No, and I think that, again, if you absolutely knew what you wanted, you would be in that mindset. You would not be moving towards that metahuman because you stopped the creativity. Yeah. You said, oh, okay, I'm satisfied. I've got the house. I've got the car. You know, I've got the, you know, the looks and the clothes and all that. What else? What else is going to be um, there to make me happy? What else is going to have me on this happiness high instead of learning to be content and learning to have peace within yourself and love yourself for wherever you are and even love yourself through the circumstances because the things that don't kill us are our best teachers. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know? I think there's purpose in everything. Absolutely. I think there's purpose in everything. We don't. And if we can really orientate to life as being 100% purposeful, I think it, it helps us, you know, the suffering is still suffering, but it's just not as hard sometimes. Do you work with men also or just strictly with women mostly, primarily women? Um, I have worked with men. I, I don't have a preference, to be honest. I'm, you know, if someone feels drawn to work with me and we, we're a fit, I would. And, and, you know, because so many men these days are really reaching out to female coaches mm -hmm. that who've designed their programs pretty much for the female psyche. I think they want to feel someone with empathy. Yeah. They want to get through the mommy issues. Yeah, yeah. You know? There's they want to feel. I think. Want to feel. Yeah, yeah. Want to feel. Paradigm hasn't allowed men to feel, which is the repercussions of that is huge. Exactly. Yeah. So many people are struggling with the imposter syndrome. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know? They look yeah. at themselves and they're pretending to be something that they truly are not. Yeah. And then when they work with someone like you and pull back the layers and find out who it is that they are truly innately designed to be is that aha moment yeah. tell me about a breakthrough or an aha moment that you've had with one of your clients my last so this is the one she she was going through all of these what she called there was i think it was an awakening i i don't like that word but i'll use it for lack of a better one um, she, or it was a re-emergence or an emergence and she was going through this but she was extremely extremely scared and you know her she started to be able to see energy and she was having lots of metaphysical experiences and I think for me but she was so afraid she just she couldn't function and so this wasn't an aha moment as much as it was a moment where she could actually step into that power that mm. you know was coming for her um and hold it and once she could hold it life just you know it took off for her so that for me was one of the biggest wows just being able to deal with this hugely transformational moment in someone's life and have them come out the other side right having... and be able to hold space with her yeah 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 so there's you know and it's a lot that's a lot of heavy lifting what do you do to balance yourself and keep yourself in alignment and who feeds you who keeps your spirit? Uh, my, it's very simple. I live near a forest and I absolutely love being in nature. Um, so there's that, there's my dog. Who I'm a very quiet, um, 
introvert kind of person. I like to be by myself. And then I have a few really, really amazing friends. And they, you know, being able to just be with them outside of the work and, you know, the other stuff. That for me is is key. That's huge. That's huge. Well, please tell my brains how to get a copy of your book uh, and any current offerings that you may have. Brains, you know, there's nothing better than working with, and I say this because it's me, an artsy person. <laughs> because <laughs> what, well, what we do is we don't look at the, 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 the surface. We go deep from the beginning. We listen to your voice inflection. We can almost see how your heart beats. You know, what kind of smells and sights and sounds that you like. Because what we want to do is we want to spark that creativity. So working with an artsy person as a coach is an extra value add because they're going to help you find, you know, maybe the painter in you, maybe the, the, the musician in you, you know, maybe the baker in you, maybe you make good cookies, but what they're going to do is they're going to pull that out. And so um, you should please tell us how you're going to pull it out and, and what your ideal client is and how to get in contact with you. Okay, so well, first, my book is available on Amazon. Pull it up again so we can see it. Bloom in your own time. Yes. Yeah, okay, so that's available on Amazon. And yeah, working with an artsy person. So what I do is I take out the writer in you. So I work with vision, what I call visionary creatives. And they're you know, people who are led by their soul. They're led by something deeper. Um, and they have a message to share, and I help them put that message into a book. And for me, that's, you know, putting a message into a book, there's two sides to it. It's on the one hand, the energetics, and then on the other hand, the practical side. So, you know, if it was just about practical, everyone would be putting their message in a book. It would be easy. You can download that stuff on the internet for five you know, dollars. Um, but we work with the person as well, or I work with the person so that the book that they're actually creating is the one that comes from deep. Mm. And not yeah. Right. And that takes a lot of work because she got to get to know you. Yeah. Uh, well, and you got to, or the person's got to get to know themselves. I think a lot of the time we think we want to say something and then we get deeper and, and go, mm -mm, there's actually something beyond that that I want to say that I'm not letting myself say. Or mm -mm, I better not say that. <laughs> I better not say that. <laughs> Absolutely. That's yeah. true. So tell my brains how to get in contact with you, your website. Um, and my website is um, ushmidosaja.com. It's currently under renovation, but if you sign up for the newsletter, you'll get the latest offer that's coming out in January next year. It's a program called Spellbound. Um, and that's, yeah, that's where we're at. Well, thank you so much, Yushmi, for being here with me and my brains on the edge. Um, you are a beautiful soul. I can hear it. I can see it. I can feel it. And, you know, I am glad that you have been able to go through the experiences and shine on the other side. It has really turned you into the woman that you are today. And that's a radiant, beautiful light. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Brains, I need you to get on it. Go and purchase her book, number one. It's just, what's the last time you really had a book that you could just 
take your time and read. You don't have to flip through every page. Take a little bit day by day, have some tea, have some scones, but just get into it. And then close the book and close your eyes and get into yourself and realize your creativity. Maybe there's a book inside of you that she can help you write. So I need you to love, like, and share here on the edge. Go and subscribe to the YouTube channel, the um, blog talk radio. We're here. We've got everything from soup to nuts. Okay. Thank you so much. Yushmi, you are the best. Bye. Bye brains.